At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition. Hornets wrapping up this three-game road trip on the road in Orlando. We'll give you our thoughts on the matchup ahead. Also, we're going to talk about some of the overtime frustrations that the Hornets have been feeling over the last couple of years. The heartbreaker against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden has to be included in the streak, even though it was a little bit of a departure of some of the frustrations that the fan base has been feeling. We'll also talk about Gordon Hayward's strong start to the season and kind of the overarching storyline that's been going around the NBA that the Hornets have somewhat been thrown into, even though most of us think, at least those really involved with the team think, it's a pretty ridiculous thought. It's tank talk. We'll talk about it all with a guy who covers the Hornets as close as anyone out there, Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, our good friend here on the Hornets Hivecast. Rod, thanks for joining us again. You got it, Sam. Anytime, man. Let's start off with real positive for the squad, and that's the level of play from Gordon Hayward. Coming into this year, he had obviously been coming off another frustrating conclusion to a season with injuries derailing uh, the end of his second campaign with the Hornets, and at least in a certain respect, putting the Hornets in a tougher position, because even though they figured out how to win without him eventually, it took some time, and it took a lot of losses, and in a season where 43 wins was only good enough for 10th, having him healthy clearly would have given them a shot to make the playoffs. So your thoughts on what we've seen from Gordon Hayward so far, averaging just under 20 points per game. 
well, as I wrote a couple of days ago, he's had a lot on his plate, man. He had a lot of things added to his responsibilities given the injuries the Hornets are dealing with right now. You know, Nola Melo Ball, obviously, Terry Rozier being banged up. You can throw Cody Martin there as well. And he's had to kind of just not only play a lot more minutes, but just be a doodle out there on, on the floor for the Hornets. Uh, be a veteran voice. Be somebody who's, who's kind of quarterbacking the defense. Get to the basket. Try to score points. He's about, about, you know, around 20 points per game, somewhere around there for the season so it's just they're up there he's pretty much been um the glue guy for this team with the injuries you know going to these first four games you know they're two and two going to the game against orlando tonight and it's one of those things where who knows what it would be without gordon um you know the one thing i'm sure he probably wants to cut down on a little bit is the turnovers he had i think five against the knicks three which i believe were on traveling violations so he wasn't too keen on that and he also um i think it was 0 for 4 combined in the fourth quarter and overtime um, which he was very not happy about so once he just cleans those little things up Along the season, I'm um, sure he'll be fine. But the biggest thing, as we know, for him is his health. And being available for the Horns has been a good thing because the other couple of guys they're missing um, right now has been unfortunate. So with, with him being out there, he's helped him out, obviously, a lot. Yeah, we've heard about the, the plan to try and keep him or keep the, the load on his shoulders as light as they can. But sometimes those plans uh, get derailed a bit because there's injuries to other players and, and there's more on his plate. That includes some of the scoring load and, and also the focus of the opposing team's game plan. In a certain respect, he can be kind of like a Clay Thompson on this team in that he is clearly a gifted scorer and a focal point but maybe not the number one guy teams are looking to stop. If teams are playing the Warriors, they're probably focused more on a Steph Curry, and so there are going to be more instances where Klay Thompson has catch-and-shoot opportunities, has times to just get the ball and let it rip without having to play through contact or take an off-balance shot. Right now, with both Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball out, a lot of the defensive game plans seem to be centered around not letting Gordon Hayward get those looks. So we're seeing him not just score, but score on really high degree of difficulty shots. Absolutely. And he's getting to the basket, which I think has probably been one of his main keys, as you said, because when you're the focal point of the defense and they're coming at you, um, you know, to be able to get around them and find a way to get to the basket and either pass the ball to a teammate or make a play at the basket is something that he's been able to do so far. One thing he wants to improve on, he, you know, talking to him is into the free throw line a little bit more. He feels like that helps him get going. Those times when his shot maybe isn't going the way he wants to right off gate from the opening tip, if he gets to the free throw line and gets that rhythm going a little bit there, I think he thinks that kind of helps him out a little bit more in the long run. So you're right. It's good to kind of see him not set up for jump shots as well and just fire up threes or, or anything else. He's got a really good mid-range game going right now and going to the bucket. So the Horns need a lot more of that to be able to win these games with, again, the couple of guys they have out right now. Another thing you wrote about really, really recently was overtime frustrations, and there was another instance of that the other night with the overtime loss, 134 to 131, and look, I don't believe that some of the frustrations that happened last season at the tail end of the previous season are connected to this one. Um, you know, injuries put the Hornets in a position where, you know, quite frankly, a lot of people didn't see the Hornets competing in that game against the Knicks, and they did more than that. But 
as you know, with any streak, they start to build a life of their own. And Charlotte's now had 10 straight overtime losses. Their last win was February 1st, 2021 in OT. And much like, you know, in that that storied uh, Red Sox curse, you know, the guys in the early 2000s had nothing to do with the guys from the 1920s. They didn't see any of those games. But the, the streak, the slump, whatever you want to call it, the curse takes on a life of its own. And right now with 10 straight overtime losses, is that happening right now with Charlotte or, or what do you take away from the overtime frustrations? You're right. It's kind of hard to make a correlation between different teams and different regimes. Obviously, a new coach here with Steve Clifford's post and James Borrego. It's kind of weird when you think about it. Like I said, they lost 10 straight games, but they all have a certain, you know, similar pattern. And that is at some point in the overtime or even up to overtime, you have a chance to win that ball game. And when you don't, you look back and lament on it because you just see how many chances you just squandered. Um, what's with a technical foul um, by Kelly Oubre late, whether it's, um, you know, not being able to hold a five-point lead, whether it's, um, you know, just, just turning the ball over, just doing things or silly fouls at the end of games, just doing things that you, at times, really shouldn't be doing. And it seemed like the Hornets just kind of find a way and force them to lose these games as opposed to win them. And you can see the culture, though, a little bit trying to change. They are really upset with the loss last night. Like, like even though, again, like the undermanned, you know that they uh, are right there. This team could be, uh, you know, it could be essentially 3-1 and one right now through their first four games. So, and that's, if anybody would have even considered that to be the case when you knew you were going to be with that LaMelo ball for at least a week or two. And then when Terry Rozier went down, I know, by the way, the top defender went down. If anybody would said that, then you would say, oh, okay, I'll take it. But the Hornets right now, as you mentioned, you know, that game, the overtime thing, it could be in their heads, but I don't think with this regime, it's going to let them, uh, you know, keep it going because Steve Clifford seems to really be cracking a whip for certain things. And defense is something he wasn't pleased um, about at all in that game. So they can find ways to improve those issues, correct those things. That streak at some point has to end, I'm pretty sure. I've got a feeling it's not going to last too much longer. Uh, Hornets are, are playing some really strong basketball to start the season in some adverse circumstances and if you want to read about it hear about it any medium possible about it rod boone is your guy covering the hornets for the charlotte observer you can also follow him on twitter at rod boone we're going to continue to talk about the plethora of stories that rod has been writing about the hornets uh, including a conversation he's got with hornets assistant ty corbin and an overarching story in the nba this year tank talk what he's heard from fans of the Hornets, as well as people around the NBA. That's coming up next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I could have gotten my hearing aids anywhere, but going to a doctor who could find a set that fit my lifestyle was a good idea. Music sounds as clear now as when I listen to it on cassette tapes. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offers a wide variety of hearing aids. With affordable pricing and credit options, our patients can find hearing care that is right for them. Hear like you once did. Call 704-295-3000 to schedule an appointment. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, they just make sense. Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, our guest today here on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Rod, coming into this season, we had a storyline that we really haven't seen to this extent, maybe since LeBron came into the league, and that was the talk of tanking. Victor Wembanyama is this super prospect, uh, Scoot Henderson, another big name that people are talking about. And it 
created this narrative that is extended throughout the NBA about should teams really be trying to make the playoffs to play in or try to maximize the number of lottery picks or lottery odds uh, that they might have to go after these guys. Now, a couple of quick points. One, the NBA, I think, has done a really good job of de-incentivizing tanking by flattening lottery odds, really making it so you could go 0-82 and only have a 1-6 in chance of getting the number one pick. That's not enough to really put your franchise and your fan base through all that torture. But some franchises and some media members are talking about Wembenyama and Henderson as being worth that kind of torture. What have you heard talking to folks around the NBA, talking to Hornets fans about the uh, the tank talk for this 2022-2023 season? Well, it definitely seems like it's one of those things, as you mentioned, where it's, it's something to behold because we haven't had this kind of storyline for a while. And, and the NBA, as you mentioned, is trying to do everything they can over the years. Come back to the Philadelphia 76ers day, they're trying to, you know, essentially make teams not want to go out there and tank and just try to get a high draft pick to rebuild their team that way. While it may seem like um, a quote-unquote smart move if you're a executive to get your team together the right way, as you mentioned, now it's not a guarantee that you're going to even get that top pick. So to be able to put your fans through that torture and not win, to me, makes no sense. And on top of that, um, trying to get this midseason tournament going on, a la like, you know, European soccer, where you had teams um, trying to still play for something is, is again, another idea they're trying to figure out. So I think the NBA is trying to do whatever all they can to discourage it. But, as you, but this is one of those years where uh, teams may do it on a sneak tip just because they don't want to seem like they're doing it, but they may go out there and try to do it because when Madonna seems to be like this, one of these once-in-a-generation once type of players from everything you're hearing from players who've seen them, know them, and to even further the hype, um, the NBA announced on Thursday that they're going to show all of his games um, on the NBA app for free. So if that doesn't tell you just kind of where they're heading with the situation, you know, I don't know, man, but, but it's definitely something we haven't seen, like I said, since probably the LeBron days. Who knows if we'll see it again, but the tank talk, at least from the Hornets' perspective, to me, makes no sense on top of that because you can't have a team out there who is essentially building up the last couple of seasons to try to get to the play-in Pass the playing tournament, excuse me, and not just get there, but get beyond. And all of a sudden, you want to take a step backwards and say, we'll get one Banyama. Well, that hasn't worked for you in the past by trying to actually get the number one pick. So I'm not sure what that would work for you this year either. I agree. I, I don't get it. I think not only does this team have potentially a superstar in LaMelo Ball for the very, very, very long term, he certainly has all the makings of that type of generational player and has put it you know, on tape to this point, but the depth of this roster is being proven too. They're able to win without him for stretches. They're able to play well without him. Uh, I think this team's too good to be anywhere close to that conversation. And then, you know, just a, an overarching belief for me, organizations, general managers, front offices, they can make decisions that influence how good or bad the team's going to be. They, they can tank players, coaches, they don't do that. Everyone's playing for their next job to prove they belong in the league. And if all you prove is that you can put up good numbers or even any numbers on a team that finishes in the basement, that's not going to lead people to want to trust you with a team and a cast of characters around you that's capable of doing a lot more. And we're seeing it. Some of the teams that were front and center of the tanking conversation at the start of the season, Utah, San Antonio, they're above 500 right now. So I, I, I'll go back to it. I just think 
teams, the players themselves, the coaches, they don't tank. Maybe an organization puts a, a group of players in a position where it's almost impossible to succeed, but they're still going to try and find a way to do it. Exactly. Uh, and that's the thing is, is you know, the franchise, like I said, perception becomes a reality at times. You don't want to, how can you attract free agents and players to come play for you if you get a pitch, you come to tank? They want to, some, you know, some of these guys want to win. Um, you know, that's usually nine times out of ten the main thing. Obviously, money is a big thing as well. Uh, if somebody pays you more, another team, you're going to go there. But in the same regard, if things are, are even or even maybe a little slight less to take some money to go somewhere else, you might go there if, if you feel the team is trying to actually win and not going to go backwards um, as you're a veteran player. So I agree, man. I'm not sure why um, some, you know, if you're a Hornets fan, you would think that tanking is a good idea um, because to me, that's just not the right move at this point. With the way things are going, you have a young player who you're going to build around an all-star LaMelo ball, and this is year three for him, two previous years, no playoffs, if you don't really include the playing tournament, which most of us don't. So to me, you want to have him go his first three years without playoffs, it's not a smart thing. You need to go for it this season and see if you can get there and have some experience for him going to year four and beyond. So um, to, to tank, um, to me, if you're, if you're Hornets, from Hornets' perspective, it makes no sense. Totally agree. Number one picks, they, they can be great. They can be transformational. They also take some time. We'll talk about the Magic later on. They got Paolo Bancaro, who's off to a magnificent start. He looks fantastic. The team's 0-5. So, you know, ha having a, a great, great player does not mean immediate success either. But uh, another storyline here in the NBA this season. Another topic that Rod Boone has been writing about, you can read all his work in The Observer. You can also tune into his podcast. And you had a special conversation with Hornets assistant Ty Corbin, who has been a former uh, head coach in the NBA. He coached Gordon Hayward at one point. He played in the NBA for over a decade. Lots to talk about there. What were some of the special points of that conversation that fans should make a point to tune into when they get a chance in their podcast listening tree? Well, a couple different things. One is, obviously, he's from Columbia, um, South Carolina, which obviously is, is local for the Carolina fans around here. And um, this is his first foray, per se, into being around the Hornets organization. And um, he's really enjoying that, being able to be so close to home and be able to see people and friends and family who we've didn't get a chance to see all that often when he was all over the country doing his, his thing as a coach and player elsewhere. So that was interesting to hear him talk about that. And you mentioned Gordon Haywood. Obviously, he was around in Utah. For those who don't know, when Gordon Haywood was drafted and was the coach then, so to see Gordon Haywood back then to where he is now, his perspective on that was interesting. And also just to just break down um, how he's been with Steve Clifford for the, for the last couple of jobs, obviously in Orlando and now here, and what they – can do as a tandem together and just his job overall like what does he do and how does he bring his expertise and his knowledge here to help these really younger players who may need somebody who played in the league to kind of give them some guidance so really good conversation talking to him I really enjoyed just just him breaking down just what he does for the horse and just what he's been doing before he got here and how looking forward to kind of getting things going why he's here and beyond just another piece of all of the great pieces that Rod Boone's been working on honestly Rod we could talk to you for two hours about all the different works that you've had recently uh, in recent history and coming up surrounding the Hornets. Check them all out by following him on Twitter at Rod Boone. And please do subscribe to the Charlotte Observer. Support local journalism. Support your local newspaper and support Rod Boone because he does great work. We're subscribers in the Farber household. 
think you should be as well. But if we took all the time talking about all your different work, we wouldn't have time to preview the game. And it is a game day edition of the HHC. So coming up next, we'll preview Hornets versus Magic. That's next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop. Now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber and Rod Boone, the lead Hornets beat writer, you can see all of his coverage at the uh, are on the Observer. Get it online. You can get it in print. Uh, follow him at Rod Boone. He does a great job covering the Hornets and the NBA for the Charlotte Observer. Rod, we'll get into our specific uh, questions here for our game preview against the Magic. We'll need players to watch for Buzz City, for Orlando, as well as a stat to watch. But just overarching, your thoughts on this game. The team is two and two. The Hornets are. Uh, they've had in. Maybe the experts' opinions a somewhat surprising start. To me, I'm not that surprised. I thought that they were going to have a, a fairly manageable schedule early, although the injury certainly uh, made me a little bit more nervous than I thought I would be. But I'm not shocked they're 2-2. Two and two. That said, a game against Orlando, it's a Magic team that's not expected to do very much this year. So in that front, you can say this should be a, a win for the Hornets. On the other hand, it's very difficult to beat a team four times over the course of the season. And if the Magic are going to win one, might as well be while they're starting our rookie Paolo Bancaro is playing well and they're finally back at home as much as the Hornets have been road warriors uh, the Magic have been equally so if not more so to this point they've had four of their five games on the road to this point so your overarching thoughts on the matchup with the Magic you basically broke it down you're right this is a game the Hornets pretty much have to win when you look at it and just how things are going right now for the Magic a little bit banged up with Cole Anthony it's like one of those things you want to look back on when the schedule is all said and done months from now and say all right when we were breaking down um our games and looking at games that we basically should have won this this should be one of them because these games kind of come back to haunt you come playoff time when you're trying to figure out positioning and if you're a game or two behind um trying to chase a certain spot just trying to get into it all together so the hornets have to go out there and find a way to win this game tomorrow as you mentioned they've been playing very very well um in terms of just the just the, the breakdown of doing different things without their best player i think that to me that's the biggest surprise is the way they've been able to have Dennis Smith Jr. come in there and still run the game and still be effective and still getting, I think, got 11 assists against the Knicks, I believe it was, um, on Wednesday. And for him to still do those kind of things has been good for the Hornets. So uh, this is a game you got to get. I know they're banged up still. I know they're um, you know, coming off that tough loss. But as you mentioned, with the Magic not essentially having a great start themselves, and with Golden State awaiting you um, at home on Saturday night, um, you know, with, with time basically in between, you want to come and, and win this game um, if you're the, the Hornets. So the game against um, the Magic tonight is very, very important. After tonight's game, the Hornets will be tied with the Magic and the San Antonio Spurs 
for the most road games played, and they need a win to actually match the Spurs, one of those teams we've had in the tanking conversation, for best road record. Spurs are 3-1 and one on the road. Their only home game was the opener against Charlotte, which uh, the Hornets spoiled the party over there and uh, set the tone for all those tank talks. But uh, Spurs have actually played pretty well to start the year. Uh, Hornets will now have equaled them and the Magic for total road games, and to get to 3-1, and one, uh, that'd be a solid, solid accomplishment and start to the season. So how are they going to get it done? Rod, we need players to watch for the Hornets as well as for the Magic and a stat to watch. Just like last season, you pick the category, you get first choice within that category, and I'll follow your lead. So where do you want to start first, a Hornet to watch, an Orlando player to watch, or a statistic to watch? Let's do Orlando player to watch. I'm going to choose, choose the, the guy I think everybody wants to figure out what's going to happen with him. And that's, you know, the rookie, number one overall pick, you know, Paulo Bancaro. It's like, you know, the, the Duke product, people from Carolina are going to be tuning in to kind of see what he's doing, of course. And I, I think, as you mentioned, just his his length and just his overall athleticism is really intriguing to kind of watch. So I want to see what he does against the horse and how they're able to kind of lock him down and who's going to guard him for the most part all night. Can't argue with the pick. He's been outstanding to start the season. He's coming off a 29-point performance against the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road. Uh, that was another loss, though, sending the Magic to 0-5. I'm going to look at another young player, but one that I think is having a little bit more impact on winning right now. That's Franz Wagner. Wagner had 22 points in that loss to Cleveland, but the stat that intrigues me about him is the plus-minus column. He always seems to be a plus. They're always winning his minutes. He was a plus-2 in the matchup with Cleveland, and going back to last year where the Hornets were 3-1 and one against Orlando, Wagner played in three of those games. He was a positive in the plus-minus in every single one. And the game that they won, he was an overwhelming positive. He was a plus 24 and was one of only two players in the starting five who was a positive. So his numbers, the counting stats, they're all pretty darn good for Franz Wagner uh, over the course of his young career. But Steve Clifford talked about this to me on our podcast here, the Hornets Hivecast, about some guys, it's not so much what they do on the court, that's impressive enough, but how they impact the rest of the team really matters. And for whatever reason, Franz Wagner, he impacts the Magic in an overwhelming positive way, more so than anyone else seemingly on their roster. Well, it's funny you mention him because I know the last couple of seasons, he's given the Hornets fits. I mean, just being at the game is watching, especially um, in Charlotte, it seems like he's kind of feisty. And when he kind of gets going, the team is going with him. So I like that pick. That's a very good one because I just like something about him. You know, he gets under the guy's skins, Mr. Hornets. And as a player, you know you're doing your job. That happens because there's different ways to kind of make your opponent kind of like, you know, just obviously not pay attention and, and, and basically annoy them. And get under your skin is probably the best way you can do other than just scoring the basket in their face. Where do you want to go next? Stat to watch or Hornet to watch? Well, let's do that to watch. And I think for me, that's the points in the paint. And Mr. Nix, that was one of the things that Steve Clifford was very, very annoyed with because he feels like that was an issue, as we know, last season. And the Hornets have to fix that because if you can't stop your opponent from just getting easy layups and getting to the paint, then it's makes their life just that much you know, easier because you want to be able to make them shoot from the perimeter. You want to be able to have a shooter over double teams, um, you know, put you in a different situation to actually make them uncomfortable. But the Hornets right now getting up 70-plus points to the Knicks is not a good thing because the teams that are bigger athletic inside, as they see 
um, your weakness and start picking you apart a little bit more, watching more film, will come back to haunt you even that much more so. So the ones have to be able to find a way to fix that point in the picture situation. If they don't, it's going to be problems for them going forward. I definitely agree with you, but I think the, the one reason I would shy away from that particular stat for this game is, is I think personnel really matters a lot and has had a lot to do with that. You look at the two games the Hornets lost, and yeah, they were overwhelmed in the paint, but it was also against Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson with the Pelicans and then Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle against the Knicks, even though there were a lot more guys than just those two that hurt the Hornets in the paint. I don't see those guys playing for the Magic. They just don't have that kind of uh, size and skill right now in the paint. So if the Hornets are overwhelmed by the Magic in the paint, then they really do have a problem. My stat to watch is going to be pace of play, and I'll focus in on points. Points is, uh, I always say, a cop-out when I say stat to watch because, duh, points, whoever scores the most wins. But pace of play, I think, is going to really bear out in this one. If this game's played in the 120s where the Hornets have been all season, I think the Hornets win this one fairly easily. The Magic are not a very high-scoring team. They're going to need this game to be a little bit messy and to have the Hornets have an off night to win the game and for Charlotte if they can maximize the number of possessions in the game and turn it into a shooting competition they've got all the advantages compared to the Magic so uh, whether it's field goal percentage there's a lot of different ways we can go to quantify offense but I think pace of play just up in the tempo up in the number of possessions in the game that will favor the Hornets in this one last but not least we need a Hornet to watch Hornet to watch well uh, to me like to say probably Dennis Smith Jr. Because he, the way he's been playing of late, stepping in for the mellow ball, has been very um, interesting to see because a lot of people weren't sure what he had left in him. Um, but talking to Steve Clifford throughout the preseason, leading up to the regular season, he had confidence in Dennis Smith Jr. in terms of his defense and just his overall ability to go out there and get them a bucket um, and lead, lead the offense if need be. So he's been a really good find for them. So uh, to me, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be a key player, especially if, if Terry Rozier is out uh, once again because those minutes at point guard, be able to get the team into the offense are much needed to be able to figure out exactly how you're going to be able to break down your opponent, in this case, the Orlando Magic. I love the pick. Uh, he has been outstanding. I got to go in a different direction, though. So I'm going to go with Jalen McDaniels. He's had a magnificent start to the season shooting the three. But I think more importantly is where he's coming from. That's coming off the bench. Uh, this is a Magic team that has had a lot of injuries. Cole Anthony is out right now with an oblique injury. Markel Fultz is out with a fractured toe. Gary Harris is out covering from his knee injury. Jonathan Isaac remains out with a knee injury. Jalen Suggs is out with an ankle sprain. Bo Wagner is out with a foot sprain. So this is a Magic team that even if all those guys were available, they still kind of have to prove it on the floor this year with this group. But having all those guys out, they are very, very thin on the bench. So let's just say for the sake of argument, the Magic starters have the game of their lives. They're able to execute in the paint. They're able to outscore and win their minutes against the Hornet starters. They still have to come off the floor at some point. And when they do, that's when the Hornets bench has to shine through again. Jalen McDaniels has been one of several leading lights off the bench, but I'll just select him for this one and say Jalen McDaniels as the player to watch for this contest. Hornets versus the Magic tonight, 7 p.m. tip time. And when the game is over, definitely encourage you to check out the Charlotte Observer and read the fantastic write-up once again from the beat reporter extraordinaire covering the Charlotte Hornets for the Observer, Rod Boone. You can also follow his 
him on Twitter at Rod Boone. Rod, we always appreciate the conversations throughout the season in the locker rooms and the hallways in the bowels of Spectrum Center, uh, but especially kind of you to join us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks so much for doing so and look forward to talking to you again. You got it, sir. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being on. Thanks as well to our producer extraordinaire, Rob Longo, for helping put this podcast together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We will talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.